Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John dissects what made the TV show Friends so good and Indiana Jones 4 so bad. Meanwhile, I ponder the history of monkeys in the movies and tell the story of a power outage that resulted in over 4,000 arrests. Plus a conversation about difficulty in relationships and using therapy as a mirror rather than a weapon. Today's episode is not sponsored by snorkeling. Still the fastest way to get 20 gallons of seawater into your lungs. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on The Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. You asked for it, we're delivering. Another episode of Talk About That. I'm John here with Johnny. Now delivering on Mondays, we hope. Sometimes you're late posting it. I know. And people get, well, they don't get up in arms because it's, it's a free not a, there's not it's a, a free product. It's not a law that has to be Mondays. We used to say, it's another Monday, mm. another Talk About Now you don't say it because you want to just in case hedge your bet. Do you, you want to tell the listeners what the process is that might cause me sometimes to be late? Are you going to? Are you throwing me under the... That's somewhat... Well, you threw me right under. Are you, see, here's the thing about you. You'll throw me under. And yeah. then when I throw you under, you'll make me feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic manipulator. <laughs> classic narcissist. I do want to say that there's about 79 of you who last week's episode, at the very, very end, yeah. you would have gotten like Johnny's intro voiceover mm-hmm. again, just talking over us, which is how I feel a lot. That you're just talking over me anyway. I, I'm so annoying. I interrupt myself. <laughs> that's that's so, a special gift. Yeah, I had to take that one down, but we it, and repost and repost. But it was like within. But the But some first of you step. still have that on your phone. That's a special. Right. It's like having the Honus Wagner card where it's printed upside down or something. Yeah, it's worth even more. Yeah, this is like a collector's item now. Yeah, I don't know how. It's a digital collector's item. Huh. I don't know what to do with that. It's an NFT. Ooh. We it, should start selling those to our no, NFTs patrons. No, NFTs cratered. Oh. I read that story that Justin Bieber, in the height of all that, you, do you know about the NFT stuff? Um, it's basically these digital pieces of art that would be on what's called the blockchain, 
And they're basically, there's a market for it because people, it's a perceived market. But although, I mean, you could say that about money too, you know, like, well, this piece of green paper is worth what we say it's worth. So I get all that. But this just seemed outlandish to me when I saw those bored ape cartoons and these celebrities were paying for like a cartoon picture of a monkey. And anyway, Justin Bieber bought one of those for like $1.3 million at the peak of the NFT craze. And they said it's now worth like $47,000. I don't even know why it's worth 47000 honestly. If I showed it to you, you'd be like, I don't get it. It is like an exercise to I'll me. give you $30 right now. I mean, I suppose it's an exercise that's proving what's already true about markets and capitalism or any sort of thing is that something is worth what people are willing to pay for it. Yeah. Right. But, but certain elements. And certain but then when you, it's like... When really wealthy people just want a new toy and they're just like, this will be something fun to talk at parties about, that I have one of these things that's rare. And it, but, but what do you do with it? Well, you can't really do anything with it, but I have it. Like To me, yeah. if you're going to buy a car, you at least get to drive the car and show it off. What are you doing with a picture of a monkey? <laughs> Except just being one of those people that's like, I was one of the early adopters of it. Right. Okay. I early adopted this monkey. Did you really adopt the monkey? <laughs> That's why I've never adopted a monkey. I'm afraid it'll plummet in value. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to wonder. Not trying to wonder. Yeah. I am wondering. Okay, sure. About that. Well, you Listen, you've already been successful. <laughs> I'm wondering what other things yeah. that are now valuable that someone took a chance on then that we just don't know because it's That's the thing. I did, yeah, I didn't want to be the guy that just shouted at the clouds like, NFTs, how stupid. Because then what if it goes on to become the future of art? Right. And then, like, somebody wants to give me a million dollars for one of my comedy clips that we create, like, a false scarcity of it. Uh-huh. Like, there's only one video of this clip now. Because they did it with NBA clips, too. Like, John Starks dunking on Jordan or whatever right. in the, the playoffs. I think it was Jordan. I know he dunked on the Bulls. But anyway, they call that the dunk. Anyway, some, so this guy started doing this thing where he was taking NBA clips and creating a false scarcity of them. And then those were on the blockchain as NFTs. And... It failed. But it, for like a year, those were like flourishing and people were buying up like whatever. The sky hook that set the record from Kareem. Like yeah. you could own it in a way. But I don't know where you would put it and what you do with it. What do you do with it? I don't, I don't know. But I didn't want to be that guy that was like, well, this is stupid. Clearly yeah. these people are idiots. And I'm not trying to be I told you so now that the bored ape. But you are kind of doing that. I don't want to be that. Johnny, you heard it here first. Yeah. I don't want to be that, but I am that. <laughs> What happened in the 80s and it was like the 70s and 80s, there, it seemed like there was a lot of orangutan pictures. You know, like a yeah, lot like of posters. like people wanted to put monkeys in movies. Yeah. And now you don't see it as much. Maybe that's PETA. Maybe that's just, you know, our sensibilities have changed. Maybe there's everything you can do with a monkey in a movie has been done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a monkey is your buddy. You're a truck driver. He's your buddy. Right. BJ and the bear. Or like. Here's Clint Eastwood, and he gets in a bar fight, and the monkey like drinks a beer, and isn't that hilarious? And then he makes a funny face and gives <laughs> to the camera, does that. Yeah. But what else is there? Maybe that's what happened, or is it about like? Can you name were we, those were two? Were we abusing? Yeah, you had we had two Clint Eastwood movies. One was called Any Which Way You Can, and then the second one, the sequel, was called Every Which Way But Loose. Okay, was the I haven't seen these. Those are seventies, early eighties, maybe. Were the monkeys central characters? These or? were. Uh, yeah, it was his best friend Clyde. Okay, so like, is this like Turner and Hooch? Like the whole thing is about a guy and a monkey? 
I think it's about a yeah, it's a guy who's estranged from his girlfriend in the first one, and he's kind of this. I think he might be like a. Uh, I'm gonna mess it up. I'm not sure exactly what his character is. I know there's a long, like, extended scene, hilariously long fight between him and this other guy who's actually his friend, but they're having a fight in the streets. And I think it's that's the point of the movie is that they were fighting for money. Uh-huh. And so everybody's gathered around, and they fist fight for 10 minutes, going through windows and into the alley and then out the other side. And it's comical. Like, so much so that, like, Family Guy-based entire like story arcs around Peter fighting with like a cartoon chicken <laughs> and it's based on that basically. Okay. So anyway, that's what I remember from that movie when I was a kid, but I remember, of course you remember the monkey when you're a kid. That's the thing. I think you're trying to draw in kids, but if it's a movie with Clint Eastwood about fighting and drinking, you don't want your kid going to that monkey well, movie. Back then, Maybe who knows back then we were all drinking as kids. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Come John? on guys. We've all had a beer with our monkey. But I, when you do watch old, movies again i told you all the stuff i watched with sadie and i go ooh, i didn't yeah. realize that was because we think of it yeah it's easy to think of like the old days it was like it was so pure back then it's like no, no a lot of stuff got in under the yeah we're just now being a little more careful maybe i don't know it's i don't weird. know if we're being more careful i just think we're more i think parents are probably a little more vigilant yeah that they're paying more attention there's not as many latchkey kind of situations so you're asking me to name monkey movies okay hold on i'm not done any which way you can, every which way but loose. Project X with Matthew Broderick. That was about 1987, I would say. And uh, oh, that's some like that. that's like some super secret NASA lab kind of a thing. I, th- I want to say Project X was about a monkey that's going to space, well, if, I'm, yeah. if I'm not wrong. Or they were doing tests on it in some kind of government agency. It might have been a government agency that's like a ne'er-do-well. Uh, that was 87, maybe? Uh, there is a remake in 2012. Okay. Uh, no, that, that's not that. Project X then is that's a party movie. Project that's like X, a, that's, 1987. Wow. So Project X, the 20, 2012 version, is not about the monkey. That is a not a remake. That is about a house party. Matthew Broderick and Helen Hunt. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Helen Hunt. Okay. Okay. So I'm not done. Uh, Ed, I think, was the name of the movie where Matt LeBlanc, post friends, did a monkey movie, and I think the monkey played baseball. <laughs> Come on. I'm not kidding. I want to say it was called Ed. Okay. Look it up. Google. I'm, I'm not done. It. Listen, you listen. You don't know the the depths my brain will go to reveal monkey movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm not some of these were chimpanzees, some of them were orangutan. Orangutans was any which way you can't ever trade loose, which are a different I don't want to say I don't know, is it species? Yeah. Um genus. I don't Anyway. They're yeah. different. It's a different animal. My wife would But know. both well, easily easily trained, I think. What the heck is that supposed to mean? Well, e- more easy than you. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be easier to train that monkey than it would be to like put you in a movie with Matt LeBlanc and be like, hey, throw this baseball. It'd be like, this guy, I can't help him. So Matt LeBlanc is a pitcher. It's Ed, right? Yes, it's Ed. And it really cratered. So I think that's, I think that's the last monkey movie because they were like, well, if we can't get this to work. It has 0% Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Zero. Man. That's crazy. This would be why Matt LeBlanc mm-hmm. didn't become a movie star. And well, yes, that is a... I don't know what that is. Give him a minute. Oh, he just knocks Does it out. have like a, a tuft of orange hair on top? That's usually how you can tell orangutan from like uh, chimpanzee, maybe. 
But it's all chimpanzees like, are usually smaller too. Like he just threw, are like bigger, like an ape. He just threw a baseball and it went through a guy's glove and caught a glove on fire. So it wasn't just like a believable monkey. It was like so you're upset with the yes. If you're gonna put a monkey in a movie, yeah, there's a chance I would I would want to make the storyline believable. There's a, there's a great video on TikTok of I think it's the dad talking to his kid. After he lost the game to Air Bud. So it's basically like going inside that guy's, like, you just lost a game to a dog that plays basketball. And now the dad has to, like, it's just, <laughs> what you it's just such a funny. Hey, there's sport. The pep talk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of pep talks. Yeah. I think that uh, we should stop and hear a pep talk from a few of our sponsors. I love premises like that. Yeah. Ridiculous premises. You yeah. really don't think about what happens to the losers in the movie. Right. When I say loser. John, you're already. I mean, those who've lost. Hey, careful. <laughs> okay. Let's use, let's use better words. Those who have lost something to the hero. And uh-huh. if the hero is the underdog, there's a lot to be said there. You know, it's interesting you say that about like, you're trying to be a little bit careful and I was mocking you for it. But at the same time, like there's a story that's out right now. Uh, that Jonah Hill is in, who's a, you know, Jonah Hill, right? Yeah. Celebrity. Well, not personally. So Jonah Hill, very beloved person, actually. Uh, but now he's kind of on the wrong side of Twitter culture because his ex, I don't know if there was a wife or girlfriend, basically like just released a bunch of old texts of their relationship. Oh. And he's basically telling her, she's a surfer. And he's basically saying like in these texts, if they're to be believed, which he's not contested them. So far. So it's been like three days of him just getting raked over the coals. He's basically telling her, I don't want you hanging out with these people. I don't want you posting swimsuit photos. We've ha- we've talked about this and you know my boundaries. If you don't, if you can't respect my boundaries, then you, we don't need to be together. And it's basically kind of come out as like, he's being abusive, but he's using therapy language yeah. to manipulate a partner. And I don't know whose side I'm on. I'm not trying to choose sides, but I do think it's interesting that. We have a whole generation and a half, maybe two generations, that are very literate in therapy talk and are now kind of using and weaponizing it in a way where we're like, I want this person to do what I want, but I'm going to couch it in boundary language or and I just wonder if that's where we're headed of like and then a backlash to that will will be next where it'll be like, here we go. This person has therapy and thinks they're emotionally deep now. I don't want to hear it, pal. And then so there's a bit, and then we'll just go back into the dark ages of nobody going to therapy <laughs> right. when we desperately need it. We all need it. Yeah, no, I think we're there in some ways. Um, you and I have talked about it before, I think. But this this is my therapy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is as much as I get. <laughs> You're in I need you to fix me. Johnny needs you get an more hour. You get an hour a week, John, and if <laughs> whatever we can't get done in here, it's not getting done. Um, you know, I think that, and obviously, I'm a believer. In therapy, but much like the Enneagram or recovery, I think it's really important that you call those things what they are and that they're tools yeah, and not ends unto themselves. Because we've known people in recovery who their new idol became recovery. Yeah. Like, right. they not not because they wanted to go to a meeting all the time. I think that's fine if you feel like that that community thing, but, but yeah. like it became now their their new thing to hyper-focus on. Yeah. Um, well, and when you have a breakthrough in therapy and you go like, oh, this is why I do this or this is why this happened to me. 
and it's this is why it still hurts. It can feel so like amazing. It's a whiplash moment in your life, right. and you can go, "I turned a key now." That you want to keep going back and having those moments. Yeah. But it's when it's weaponized. It's when everyone in your life that challenges you on something is now a toxic person. Right. And everybody that doesn't agree with you is gaslighting you. That's when I think we've gone way too far. Yeah. Toxic and gaslight are the two things I would agree with that get thrown around with people who probably haven't done a lot of real therapy. Um, But they're so embedded in the online culture and social media it really yeah. is easy. I mean, you and I were talking at lunch about, you know, reading about collective cultures versus individual cultures. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole toxicity thing has a place. Let's be super clear. Like, if you're in an abusive situation, man, you know, get help, get out. He's like, no one's asking you to stay there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this uh, is not what we're talking yeah. about. But, like, if you're just in relationships and somebody becomes difficult. Yeah. Or the relationship reaches a level where... um Again, not dating relationships necessarily. You probably shouldn't. If it gets that difficult, you know, in, in those stages, then either work through it. If it's not working out, then, you know, make a better decision for your future probably. But all those things notwithstanding, Johnny, mm-hmm. like real relationships have difficult moments. And I think because we're so pie in the sky, so like drunk on the idea of organic connection. Yeah that we just think it should all just happen and should just sort of come together because of the movies teach us. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder what did that. And it's got to be like sitcoms and movies that give you these these serendipitous moments that aren't real. They're made for Hollywood. And we know it going in, but has it built in us this thing of like, well, if I don't feel gaga immediately, if I don't Uh feel that spark, like this must not be real. Right. Or if like two years into a marriage, you just feel you have like a rut that you get in. Yeah. People just start looking for the exit door. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't think that's real love anymore or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I counsel people, if I ever hear someone say, I'm not sure I ever loved you, I usually stop and say, if they've been together any substantial amount of time, yeah, I'll stop and say, hey, I don't think that can be true. We want to rewrite the past based upon our present emotions, and the, the truth is you were someone then and you're maybe someone different now because people change. Mm-hmm. But to go back and try to make who you were then now that you were just deceiving yourself, like that's probably not true. But the reason you want to say, I'm not sure I ever loved you or someone, it's usually the other way. I'm not sure they ever loved me. It's usually what it is. Um, the reason you want to do that is to hurry up and get this Band-Aid of tension pulled off. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and get to it and end this or sabotage it or whatever. And the truth is, sitting in it is harder and also more rewarding, usually. I mean, again, with all those other boundaries, sorry to use the therapy language again, but all those other boundaries and safeties you know, that I've already mentioned being the, the sort of disclaimers of that, that real relationships have to go through some time where you don't have a clear resolution in a moment. Yeah. Um, and so that's when, but, but to your point about just dropping therapy words, absolutely. Yeah. And therapy should never be, in my opinion, just, just a vehicle for you to figure out who to blame. You know, like that, again, that's what happens. If you just pull language away, you can weaponize from it. I mean, the best kinds of therapy or recovery or anything that really, they really are a mirror more than they are a microscope. You know, they're really helping you see what you're attracting in some ways. Like why, why am I attracting this 
right. thing. Or sometimes. how do I respond? Yes, this person. Yeah, in your response. I think I tend to, I think that's what the part, hard part when I see somebody weaponizing therapy talk. It's like, I almost always blame myself first. So when I see somebody who's prone to blame others immediately, I'm just like, how do you get there? Like, that's interesting. I'm fascinated by it. Yes, yeah, I was say, you are always assume you're the problem, um, which is what do I need to do to fix this? What do I need to? Yeah, right. and I'm not, and I'm I'm grown up enough now that I won't make myself into a different person to accommodate you, but I will go there in my mind and be like, what did I do to cause this? Even if I go, even if at the end of it I go, I'm still not willing to change because the core of my identity is this, and I know that I'm in the right. But I will still think it. I'll still start slipping that direction if I'm not careful of like, oh, what could I have done? Because I want to accommodate so much. Yeah, I think that I've lived that way my whole life of what did I do? How could I have done it? And I I still struggle with that. I'm reaching a place where I'm going, hey, I can only be responsible for the 50% of this relationship that I am. It's Uh, amazing you think that you put 50% in. Right. Well, with you, it's more like yeah, 13. I mean, it's a very specific Thank you. number. Um, Thank you. But, I'm killing it at 87 <laughs> over here. But I do think like, I know I went to I went to Dallas and had some things re- in this last conference I went to. There's some things that really came back as reminders of health, things that I've, I really have learned other places. But my heart was mourning over certain relational things. Yeah. And I was reminded, like, there's sometimes in Proverbs, and this sounds super harsh, you, know, you got to put the context around it, but there's sometimes in Proverbs when someone's just acting foolishly. Mm-hmm. It could be you. Usually it's you. Yeah. Like, Proverbs is definitely telling you, hey, you know, we can all be fools. It's not just one person's a fool all the time. Any different scenario of those 33 chapters? Or is it 31? And you want to be? It's got to be more than thirty-one. Thirty-one's not the last chapter of Proverbs, is it? That's the one that's the most oft quoted. And there's no way to know, guys. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, But like somewhere in there, you know, with money, you could be super wise, and then with your wife, you could be super foolish in the way you communicated it this way. So, like, it gives you. That's happened to me this week. (laughs) I just described Johnny's autobiography. Um, but like, it's also okay to say because it's like. Hey, don't go along with a fool who's in their folly. Like that that's mm-hmm. a that's a key concept throughout it. Like don't own their folly. If if you keep going along with it, it eventually becomes something now you have to own too. And that sounds so harsh to me. Maybe it's it's like cuz again, I know of my foolishness and and often someone else is acting foolishly and I contributed. Yeah. Like it's not like I didn't have I did I did something wrong too. I'm not saying it's all them. And that's what we want in American culture, in western culture. We really want like no, no, no. Whose fault is it? Mm-hmm. And, and generally in, in relationships, it's it's not about whose fault it is. I mean, again, unless it's abuse or those kinds of things where there's no there's no excuse for it. But everybody contributed something bad, yeah. usually to most relational situations. The question shouldn't just be whose fault is it. The real question is, is what am I doing now either to bring healing to – and it's a good word still – to establish better boundaries – to walk in greater wisdom. Like, that's really all I can do now. I need to deal with the past. And, and true reconciliation step 12, I think is reconciliation. Oh, my gosh. I'm just throwing stuff You don't know the here. last proverb. You don't know the last step. I forget what number it was. But true reconciliation is a like, no, no, no. This is not me. I've just, added a 13th step, by the way, have you? to the 12-step programs. It's to start a podcast. 
<laughs> talk it all. I'm telling you, John, he, you've grown so much over these past 267 episodes. Um, but, you know, there is a step that's so different than just forgiving someone, which they don't have to be there to do, or making amends, which is yeah. you apologizing for your part. That is, okay, you want real reconciliation, which doesn't have to happen, then we do sit down mm-hmm. and we have the hard conversation about what actually happened, and we both own our parts. But, you know, so there's a place for that. Um, but I think it's okay to say everybody in your life that's, that you're bothered by, you can't just dismiss as toxic. Yeah. You can't just say. Eventually, you got to say, like, sometimes you, not always, but sometimes you're like, I'm the common denominator in all these, right. you know, seven failed marriages yeah. or whatever it is. You can't be like, I just married seven toxic people, turns <laughs> out. Like, at some point, you got to be like, I'm the common denominator. Let me at least have a look right. under the hood. Yeah, at least to be, again, one part of the equation. Yeah. Um, they're still the numerator. They have a part. Yeah. Come on. Shout man. out to Larry King. I think he had seven. Did he really? Marriages, yeah. Wow. He lived to be 90-something. He died last year, I want to say. Sadie's binge of the summer right is now. Is Larry King live? Is La- Can you believe, believe it? Just really- Walla Walla, you're on. <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting if like a 14-year-old loved Larry King? <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh is uh friends oh good yeah and so it is interesting when you watch ross's trajectory yeah like how many times who does she like on the show because i found that they really ross and rachel were like obviously the pitched they were the the arc of the show but uh marty is watching it with his daughter mm-hmm. and she's like this show is about phoebe and joey like they're the great characters they're the fun wacky that's why she watches the show she goes the rest of the characters are annoying to her oh wow yeah sadie it's so funny it must be something about that generation like the idea of an ensemble plot Uh uh-huh she keeps trying to identify well one was funny is she's trying to identify who's the funniest Mm -hmm. that's a big thing who's the funniest because chandler's obviously supposed to be the funniest right and he's the funniest in terms of But he's of joking jokes. in a way to deflect. Right. He's he's emotionally unavailable, and that's why he's funny. But Ross, sometimes she goes, Ross is so funny. Oh, like, yeah. But he's playing a part. He's playing straight. Right. His part is, you know, with this, his expression or the yeah. dumb things that he gets caught in yeah. are super There's funny. no show without Ross. He's the most committed. They put him in the most wacky yes. circumstances. Well, the, with the leather pants. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, such an iconic... Yeah, you wouldn't have had any other character do that, because it's funnier when he did it, because he's the straight-laced, right. you know, scientist. And pr- pretty much the whole thing is based upon... Yeah. It's, it's um, what would you call it, physical acting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the stuff he had to do to pull that off. Right, and the facial expressions and all of it. I mean, literally to pull the pants off. Yeah. And, yeah, he had to pull all that off. Yeah. But, Peel I mean, it off. But, like, Phoebe, she thinks, is... Like, she doesn't know what to do with Phoebe sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because Phoebe really is, like, just abstract writing. Yeah, yeah. Just abstract saying, what would be... And I like that kind of comedy, by the way. What would be the most nonlinear thing to say When I was writing for Tim, I would do that, like, okay, we just made a point here. What would be the most just completely... Yeah. <laughs> unrelated thing I could tie to this right now. Yeah. Just to kind of oof, you know, take you, you know, catch you off guard. I mean, that's every line of hers, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, she really seems to gravitate i think you know to um so you're watching friends at night and then in the day you're getting up at 4 a.m right or some crazy thing like that with her i've been up at 4 25 because you have a volleyball child every morning this week sadie is a volleyball guys she's yeah with john her. has a <laughs> volleyball child 
So her, her given name is Voigt. She made the high school team. Oh man. As a freshman. Very nice. And here's the crazy thing. The team voted for this slot. Mm-hmm. The coach didn't make them because the upperclassmen, I think want to have the rest of their day or work their jobs or do whatever. But we're literally have to be, and we're about, we're between 16 and 20 minutes from the school, depending on traffic. And we live as far away from the school as you can and still be zoned for it, basically, truthfully. Yeah. And like one road over, you're no, you're now in Davidson County. You're not in Wilson. So, so you guys need to move one road. One road. <laughs> and that's the name of my, Won't that my autobiography. Mm. One road over. But it's a – so we leave the house. We get up at 425 and leave the house at 450. Mm-mm. I drop her off at 510 so they can have net set up and practice from 530 to 730. <sighs> and so it's been – I'm just getting into like the good melatonin dream then Ugh. when you're just well, I'm not starting well. your day. I think my body knows like, oh, and I'm usually up to like 10 trying to go to bed. Yeah, she that's goes late bed. if you get up that early. She goes to bed earlier and then I'll try to just relax for a minute. And you're we'll, not getting enough rest. We'll, we'll, no, I'm not. But this is only, this is temporary. When school starts, it doesn't, it won't be this schedule. Thank God. But I've actually enjoyed it. Like, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a church over there. I drive about, you know, half you're attending a mile. another church. I go to another church. They have service. That's at a 5 weird thing for a pastor to it's, do. Uh, but listen, I think it's very <laughs> avant garde. But I park in their parking lot. Yeah. I have my running clothes. And, you know, there's like a three mile loop right there that goes into this really awesome rural neighborhood um, that's a dead end street. I mean, it's all kinds of livestock back there. And, you know, it's just a really pretty kind of, it's hilly, really hilly. So you feel like you're running through Ireland, you know. Um, and it's awesome. I mean, like once I get going, you know, yeah. like it's fine. So I'm listening to my music and that's when I do my prayer time and all this stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm so jealous of morning people. Like I want, I've tried so many times to become a morning person and I've failed every time I can get up. If I have a deadline, you will miss your flight. You will not get paid yeah. unless you get to Houston by 10 AM. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, I'll do it. But as far as like, I'm off on a Monday and let me get up at 6 a.m. and make my coffee and have a jog and then I'll start writing jokes like it's not going to happen. No, I want it to happen. It will not. happen. I'm shocked how much you get up early. Now, when we were in L.A., I can get up early. I'm very prompt as a person as far as you can count on me to do the things I'm supposed to do. But if it was my idea, there would be no morning flights. (laughs) I would outlaw them when I'm president. There will be no morning flights. I can't stand well I hate when we get on Southwest to book a flight and like the cheapest one is at 620 yeah. or yeah, they're trying to sell you on that one like man they're pushing you please, that way please you know, the other one's $200 more or whatever and you're like oh. which Andrew loves it yeah. so like I took the staff to what's Dallas, his excuse you know? to only sleep 30 minutes for Andrew <sighs> See, I don't he's an Andrew he's an android I <laughs> I'm an android I don't want yeah. to be without rest Johnny right. and here's the thing I'm to, to your point I'm not the morning person this is forced I'm just I feel but grateful you're, but for But you're it. redeeming it. You're redeeming the time. Well, I'm going to pick her up. It's, I mean, I could go home, drive. It's a 40-minute round trip then. I would go home of, and go back to bed and, and then make her call me to come get her again. <laughs> I, would, I would wake up. Uh, are, you, are you asleep? No. You ever do that when you get the call and it's like you haven't done the whole like, ha! You ever do that when like you know the phone's ringing and you have to talk to yeah. somebody first and you go, wah, wah, You just do a quick like. You just shout something, so the first thing you say is not into the receiver. I don't. I'll I'll clear my throat, but yeah, I will totally put on the. 
hello? Like I'll raise my Yeah. And they go, are you asset. asleep? You go, no. No, I'm good, man. Of course not. Because technically I'm not I always asleep. sound like a morning DJ. This is my smooth voice. <laughs> now, if they ask, were you asleep? Yeah. Then you That's can't. That's true. You can't just you can't lie, lie to the so people. So you guys ever call to wake me up? Ask yeah, because if they ask, are you asleep? Like, you're no. like, what? That doesn't make any not. sense. Yeah. We're talking. Is this a dream? Yeah. Fever? Well, for you, it might make sense. Um, <sighs> Somebody runs into walls while they're sleeping. That's true. You could have you a have whole conversation. Go listen to past episodes if you want to hear all my hijinks. Speaking of the past, John. Oh, my goodness. It's time to go all the way back into the past. Mm. Uh, this Week in History, it's a segment we like to call Talk About Then. We call it that because that's what it's called. Uh, Live Aid happened this week, 1985. John, are you aware of Live Aid? Uh, Probably most famous because of yeah. Queen's performance, yeah, uh, which was kind of a comeback performance. They were kind of waning in popularity, and that like solidified them as like rock legends at that point because it was like an unbelievable soaring performance. Uh, July thirteenth, it raised a hundred and twenty million dollars to aid the hungry. What year? A hundred one point five billion TV viewers, nineteen eighty five. Okay, like one point five billion TV viewers. Uh, organized by Bob Geldof. Well, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, so that was amazing, and the, a ton of benefit concerts. Was this was in, uh, does it say, Philadelphia and London? So it was a pair, of, pair of concerts, yeah. Yeah. pair of concerts. Uh, I think the one that the Queen performed at was in London at uh, whatever would have been Wembley, maybe I don't know Wembley Stadium. Let's say Wembley. Speaking, I did not know of this one. This is an interesting one. You have blackouts at your house all the time because power outages and such. Yeah. There's a New York City blackout that happened uh, this week, 1977. Lightning strikes send millions of New York City residents into darkness. 4,500 people were arrested and $61 million of damage occurred in the ensuing riots. So people just lost their minds. How long was it out? I don't know. It, just, it doesn't say. I could look it up, I guess. I can but, understand it. And I, get pretty, I get pretty irate. Yeah, it's just interesting to think you could like tinker with our lights and then people just... Do $61 million of damage. Yeah. And people are going to be all weird and be like, well, that's how it is in major cities. No. Come on. Guys, I live. Settle down. Close to the country. If you put my electricity out, don't walk John. Guys, it's. I turn into a different person. John tore his whole house up one time and did almost $61 worth of damage. He doesn't have enough. He doesn't have that nice of a house. I'm kidding around. Uh, John's home was very nice. I I was just there. For a pool party, and uh, we watched party, the fireworks. The was great. I got to meet so many interesting people. Could could you not believe? Wait, could you believe? Yeah, how huge those fireworks were. It was it was crazy. I mean, it's as big as the cities. Whoever your neighbor is, like it's interesting. Like you want to know a neighbor like that, you do not want to be that neighbor because I don't know what he spent, but it had to be twenty grand. It was a lot. I don't know either, and it's great, and we're very grateful. We always sit, but it's like from our porch. It's like you're. Do you sitting. talk to him? And be like that was a good one, Bob, or whatever. Do you? Yeah, I don't talk to. We will send a text. Oh, okay. I did feel. Here's the thing. I felt very bad. I took a run the next morning. Yeah. On on the fifth of July. Hmm. And I always run down the cul-de-sac where his house is. Sure. And he was out there cleaning up. Right, all the shrapnel and, and yeah. I, and I thought. A good person. Remember the divine interruptions I'm talking about? Right. I would stop my You mind. would get a trash bag. I'd go over there and be like, hey, man, thanks. And oh, I'd, no. I thought you were going to say you. And I would help him. Yeah. And I just left my headphones in and kept running. <sighs> I really appreciate your candor. This is confession. We'll edit this out. This is my therapy. 
Uh, John, this week, 1923, a famous Los Angeles landmark is officially dedicated. Do you uh, want to guess what it is? Famous Los Angeles landmark officially dedicated. Uh, the Hollywood sign. Do you know what it originally said? Hollyland? Hollywoodland. Hollywoodland. I know there's a it intended. It was intended as a temporary advertise, advertisement. I was going to say advertisement, and then I thought better of it. <laughs> A temporary okay. advertisement for a new housing development in the hills above Hollywood District of Los Angeles. But due to increasing recognition, the sign was left up. Each letter of the original sign was 30 feet wide and 50 feet high. Wow. And the whole sign was studded with about 4,000 light bulbs. Wow. Uh, and the sign flashed in segments, Hollywood land. So it would go in, in segments. And the, the sign cost $21,000. Uh, $320,000 in today's money. In both 1976 and 2017, the sign was altered by vandals to read Hollyweed. Hmm? These ne'er-do-wells. How could they alter a 50-foot I don't know. High, okay. Uh, following the passage of California laws decriminalizing cannabis. Okay, so I, I'm assuming they just killed the part about the light bulbs eventually or decided to uh, modify the sign because it doesn't light up now, isn't right? It, isn't it lit, though, with It's lit with, like, uh, beneath. Yeah. It must have been, like, the neighbors were like, all right, it's enough with this. Right. What happened Sh- to the land? I guess they just decided... Because when it was named for that subdivision, maybe when they killed the subdivision development right. or whatever, they just were like, we're just going to... it's just named it. after the city. Yeah, I don't know. I, we need to do more research. Yeah. This week, 1913, John, a noise from the deep premiered in which actress Mabel Normand throws a custard pie at Fatty Arbuckle, hitting him in the face, starting the long comedic tradition of throwing pies in people's faces. The first pie in the face, 1913. Wow. Uh, In the 1909 silent movie, Mr. Flip, actor Ben Turpin's character, is hit with a handheld, not thrown pie, which is believed to be the first pie in the face gag. This was a thrown pie, though. So this, this caught some air. So uh, four years between those two gags. But uh, have you ever taken a pie to the face? Yes. Maybe in a youth group game? Oh, yeah. Was it shaving cream? Was it real pie? Uh, shaving cream, cream? usually. Yeah. No, I might have some whipped cream pie. I have some whipped cream pies, yeah. Because yeah, you know what? Shaving cream can burn. And yeah. You get it in your mouth and stuff. That's not right. Yeah. No, I've had plenty. These games. Remember the one where you put marshmallow cream on the kid's face and then you throw the Cheerios and try to stick? Uh-huh. Until and it starts getting like the yeah. the body heat begins melting. It melts the, until their eyes like melt shut and stuff. And it's all they're all shiny and yeah, it's not great. Not the best. I think I've had that on me too. Maybe. Yeah, it's not the and they're just dripping and oozing. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. You know, youth ministry. Exactly. Uh, oh, let me. Here's this. What John would you say is the world's best selling puzzle? Um, I'm not sure I could name. A puzzle at all? Yeah. In the category here? Well, yeah. So we're not talking about it. We're like, not talking about a jigsaw puzzle. We're you, talking about. Oh, you mean you don't mean brand name? Think about a toy. No, think about a toy that's oh, also a Rubik's cube. Rubik's cube yeah. uh, premiered. Uh, oh, actually, no, this is this is a celebration of the person who invented it. The inventor of the Rubik's cube, Rubik Erno Rubik, was born this week, nineteen forty-four. Hungarian inventor. Uh, he invented it. What year do you think that came out? Uh, I'm going to say 72. 74, you were close. <laughs> it has, how many possible combinations would you were to, if you were to wager a guess, venture a guess, oh, hazard? I don't know. 43 quintillion possible. Oh, wow. Isn't that insane? How math works? I was going to feel dumb going too high, but I didn't even know that that quintillion was, was a, a thing. combination. 43 numbers. quintillion possible combinations. It's the world's best-selling puzzle. Uh, so... 
Well, hats off to you, Mr. Rubik. Yeah. It doesn't say that he is gone, but that would make him 80, 80 years old. 1944. So yeah. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. He might still be kicking around. I wonder if he can still solve it. That's what you... That's, that's his little brain test that they go through yeah. week after week. Wouldn't that be, be great? They're, they're evaluating him, and they give they don't know he's Rubik. Yeah. And they give him the cube. And he's, he's like, he's mm-hmm. like I think I've seen one of these. Then he starts taking the stickers off and cheating. Because <laughs> he's... <laughs> All right, John, finally, born this week, 1942, American actor Harrison Ford. Oh, wow. Is there a more beloved 1942, actor? so he's about 1940, to be... Yeah, 1942. So he's about to be 80... He's, uh, yeah, he's 81, 82, going to turn 82 possibly this year. So, yeah, that's... Uh, man, that's something, right? Have you seen the new Indiana Jones? No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go too. I didn't see Crystal Skull because I just, people scared me away from it. I saw it and you should have been scared. Yeah, it's not great. But this one, I think, perhaps brings some redemption. I started to read something and they were giving too much of the plot away and I didn't like it. I hate that. Like, yeah. I don't want to know. Laura Even the trailers it. give the plot away now. Yeah. Even the, they show, they have to show the best scenes to get you to go. And then you're like, well, now I feel like you've. Yeah, we were, well, we were looking for a new show last night and we saw this spy show trailer on Netflix and it was like this mom. And she gets detained, and they're like, I mean, she's just obviously this really nice mom with a teenage daughter, and they're trying to convince her, like, they're, they're accusing her of being an old Russian spy asset. She's like, no, really not. I was like, this is really interesting. You know, to me, the whole show would be about whether or not she is or not. And yeah. then in the trailer, they reveal that they she's... put a gun to her head, and she suddenly turns into, like, this, you know, ninja and starts beating everybody up. Oh, right. She, I was like, guys, I would have liked to get, like, three episodes in to figure out if that was true or not, <sighs> but I'm still going to watch it. Do you think if someone held a gun to your head that you could turn into a ninja? I think I would try. I think you would turn into a puddle. <laughs> I always wonder, am I the guy that takes action or tries to talk you out of it? Yeah. Like, hey, man. I think I would do the talking until I just knew that there's no talking out. Yeah. And then I would beg. And then maybe action. Yeah. Do you play those? This would let me know if you're a six or not. How, how much do you play scenarios like that out in your head? Of what I would do. Yeah. If, like just random scenarios yeah, of... a lot. Okay. Yeah, or like just... Uh, it's almost like... Remember the What About Bob movie where there's the kid and he would say that he pretends he has Tourette's because if he can pretend he has it, he doesn't have it. I think there's something about <laughs> yeah. that in me where I'll be like... Yeah, that's good. Well, like if my car was making a noise on a road trip this week and I was like, well, we're clearly going to get a flat and I'm not going to make it to my show. But I'm saying that because I think if I say it, yeah, it can't happen now. I need, you know, I'm saying like, I'm like, well, if I'm expecting it, yeah, I don't know. It's like a little mental trick. I turned in a chapter to someone last night and I was giving him all the, I give all these disclaimers. Yeah. Because I, and that's part of being a six is I, and it's hard not to write that way too. It's why I write long. And someone even said that in a, in a thing I've. They sent me today. They were like, yeah, this author's a six, which means they write like a six, which means they come from every possible angle that could mm-hmm. be, you know, they, they, they right. make sure the reader leaves. There's nothing left to imagination. They, they've covered it all for every reader. So I turned it in with all the disclaimers and they were like, well, this sounds great. And I go, hey, don't say that. Mm-hmm. We don't know that this is going to be like, mm-hmm. it's a real prepare for the worst yeah. and hope for the best. That That's a real and yeah. so, yes, talking out the scenarios is a... You know who used to prepare for the worst but hope for the best? Who's that? Harrison Ford mm. in most of his movies. That's What's your true. favorite... I'm just trying to bring it back around. What's your favorite Harrison Ford movie, John? 
Um, that's going to be... It's too uh, many. That's the thing. The no, catalog. You're going to... Okay. Regarding Henry. N- no. Okay. That is a good and one. You're going to laugh. It's an underrated it's, one. It's a childhood thing. Okay. But um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, that's a good one. The Last Crusade. And that one kind of really put the bow on it. It did. And again, I, don't, I think we went off, off on this before, but the problem with Crystal Skull mm-hmm. is that you have to have Nazis in order to make Indiana Jones. They have to be the villains. Yeah. That's why I didn't like uh, Temple of Doom very much. Right. It got, I mean, I get no what they did. No Nazis. The thing, the thing that happened with Temple of Doom that made it so, I think, appealing to everybody, or at least something to stare at, right? It made it a spectacle. It's mm-hmm. all the, the eating out of the monkey's head. The bugs in the, the cave. Bugs and, and the, the snakes. And the, you know, so it had that Lord of... That, the that, guy reaching into the thing and pulling yeah. out the live heart. And so the, they got away with... I wouldn't let my kid probably see that one, because, I mean, it's one of those like... Eh, it's you just, can't have her out there trying to pull no, live hearts out of people. No, not you got to be a better parent than that. Not in this day and age. <laughs> It's 2023. We don't yank hearts we out of chests. We don't do that. We don't do um, But like one and three, the, the Nazis in the 40s, like this is this is the story you want to fight against. This yeah. is the universal evil. And so of the of that sort of time politically, or at least, you know, as, as we see it. So it, there, there's something, there's a, it's par- probably a result, a lot of, and all propaganda is not bad. I'm not saying that, but U.S. propaganda in yeah. those days was, you know, trying to raise a military force. And so they were constantly, you know, right. that, that's embedded somewhere in our consciousness. Um, and but by the way, just for what the Nazis did, they're awful. So I mean, I'm not just saying because of propaganda, like, why are you defending the Nazis? Not all defending. The time. I'm, I'm anti-Nazi. I can oh, okay, make a strong okay. stance on that. Okay. Um, and so in, in that movie though, he was older. So they took it into Soviets. Yeah. And I know we're cold war children. Yeah. And it's, it's great. And in, like James Bond or whatever, the Russians are a great enemy. But this one, it just didn't. And, and then they it's got. not as menacing. And it got way like it got into aliens. Right. Like, okay. So, Don't ruin it. What if I want to go back and watch Crystal Skull? You're not going to. But like Ark of the Covenant in the first one. Yeah. Okay, great. The, 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 the like religious artifacts that had these supernatural things that happened. Yeah. But they were almost like when they happened, you were surprised. Because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it had that, it had that feeling. Even the 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 Holy Grail, like you didn't know to the end that it had any sort of real power, you know, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so there was always that aside, like this happened at this certain time, yeah, um, in the movie. And you were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's real. But like the alien stuff, they try to do that again at the end. But it's like we're already chasing something that we don't want to believe in. And I know we talk a lot about aliens lately. Man, we really do. I know, and I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it just didn't. It just didn't work. Yeah. And they had some fantastical. Who's who was it? It was uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yes. And like at one point, they lost me when he's like. Didn't he get into like a, a freezer to escape a nuclear blast or something too? In that Harrison one? Ford did that. Yeah. That I I was okay with. <laughs> okay. That 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 fits with a Harrison with a Indiana Jones kind of. Okay, this is in all the movies he does crazy things you can't survive. Right. right? But like they're running, they're they're running from the Soviets in a jungle. Yeah. And Shia starts swinging from vine to vine like a monkey, mm-hmm. like over the top of the cars, like going that fast with them. And it was like it looked like a video game, yeah. and not it just it they suspended that disbelief too much for me. Uh, if I had my way, that would have been a real monkey. But we stopped casting monkeys in movies. <laughs> and I think 
that's really what this show has been about. It is, and it's the problem. That's the reason that movie failed. We gave up on orangutans. And we gave and it to like, Shia. We can it. get Shia. Yeah. And he let us down. Yeah. I do. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm going to see it. I'm going to go see it. Uh, I, my wife saw it without me. And betrayed wow. me. But uh, and so long, now I got to go by, my, by myself like a sad sack in the movie by myself. Just, hey, guys. I'm going to go with you. Okay, let's do it. Because my wife wants to wait till it comes out on TV. That's not. Because we, we went the other day to the movies. You got to go. Like, it's a great experience. She's like, we just spent, I think, $67. Oh, boy. So that's not a movie she cares about that much. You All know right, what I'm saying? That's the thing. So. Yeah, so we'll go. Uh, yeah, we'll do it. All right. Sounds good. Because we got to go to Top Golf anyway. I we need to invite our patrons to go see a movie with us. That'd be fun. Would you guys want to do that? Just all go to, drive to Nashville all, to go sit in the Some of them live in Nashville. We don't know. Let's all go to the movies. A big movie date. You just keep making promises we'll rent out that the you the- have no intention we'll rent of out, keeping. We'll rent out the theater. John, Milk guys, Duds on John. You guys will notice that I don't make promises to you. I just let you be disappointed in me. If but you, you want to get your hopes up. If, guys, if you want to be disappointed in us, go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com. A couple hundred archi- archived episodes. 268. 268. Yeah. Uh, just listen to your heart's content. If you want to support the show, there's a link at the top, and uh, you can get ad-free content that way. We love our supporters. And actually, uh, speaking of going back and listening to content, we had a great email this week uh, from a Colette Groves uh, who said, Hey, guys, came to Nashville this past week, my hometown, to see family in Greenbrier, which I know that area, Okay, and to see the Nashville fireworks. It was back near the 4th. They never disappoint. Anyway, it's about six hours drive, so I used that time to catch up on your old podcast. Like, Colette gets it. Yeah. Well, she gets it. Uh, enjoyed every minute. Y'all are crazy. I mean, that's that's hurtful. That is a little. But that's okay. Thanks, Colette. Love hearing about places I know and your spiritual conversations are encouraging. Uh, look forward to your podcast every week. Hope to catch Johnny's comedy show in the future. Okay, Colette. That'd be nice. Uh, and I'm still that. laughing about the pokey stick because I did that was the pokey stick week. Whatever the front end of a ship. Right. Which I still haven't gone to look up. It's the pokey stick. Well, Laura was like, could you call like a Spanish galleon? That'd be what you would search. Like she's giving me clues to go search. And I'm like, I've said what I've said. Yeah. It's too late. Like it's, it's, it's preserved. I stand by it. It's out there. So uh, I thank you for that, that email. You could send us emails like that anytime you want to. There's a little chat bubble at the bottom of that page and it sends us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. We're actually building also a list for a newsletter and uh, there's a subscribe button there for that as well. So if you'd like to be part, we have not sent out anything yet. Get on our list. We're not going to spam you. We promise. But we would send you... Very ethical with all of our practices. We're not selling your information. We'll probably just send you show notes every week and a few extra bonuses uh, that come just to people who are subscribed. So we're building that now. So go ahead and get get involved. Go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com and become a subscriber. Yes. Yeah. You should go and check out Johnny's Comedy on Amazon, on Drybar. Man, there's so much stuff out there. I'm on Threads now. Follow me on Threads, the new platform. I'm um, on threads too. Yeah, come join. Get, get a part. Be a part of our tapestry. Oh my goodness! On threads. Yeah. While it's still a thing, I don't know if they're going to get sued or whatever. I made one post. I think yeah. that was enough. Yeah. Like you you one, you said your piece. I'm like you know what? Now one, I don't remember why I got off of social media. One thread was enough. So sometimes it was a whole like everyone's on there that day. The yeah. First day. What? Hey everybody! What so you got to make? What's go. this all about? It's and like, that's your only post. Yeah. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, check us out on social media for sure. And uh, you can go also go to johndriver.com and whatever's there, you're welcome to mm. for free. Beautiful. I'm just kidding. You're so, a giver. But, uh, yeah. Guys, thanks for the time that you gave us this week. It was a lot of fun. Johnny, let's do it again next week. I'm going to talk about that.
Life Audio presents Bridges with Monica Schmelter. That we have an enduring hope that can't be taken away when we are in Christ. And to know that we have that, right? And eternal salvation, because this world can be so busy and so dark that we can forget that, right? Right? Because sometimes I get caught in the trappings of what's going on in my life this moment. And while I have to recognize that, that's not it. Continue listening on lifeaudio.com or wherever you find your podcast.